I've told you the story before of how I managed to win my wife. Uh, and if you haven't heard the story, it's great, so I'm going to tell it again. Okay, so um, I, I uh, was a student at Lincoln Christian College, which is now Lincoln University, Lincoln Christian University in Lincoln, Illinois. And uh, uh, we have this thing, we had this thing, I don't know if they still do this or not, uh, but they put out a, at the beginning of the year, after you had your student ID photo taken, they would put out this thing called uh, a student pictorial directory. So we had this student pictorial directory with the pictures of everybody uh, in the school uh, and their names and we called it affectionately the wish book and uh, and the reason we called it the wish book because you would go through it and go man I wish I could go out with her or I wish I could go out with him I wish I could go out with her and so we would wish for uh, a spouse anyway so uh, one day I'm looking through the wish book you know I'm lonely I'm pathetic I'm not lonely anymore still pathetic Uh, so I'm, I'm flipping through the wish book and I see a picture of this beautiful blonde girl named Shannon. And I'm like, this is the the first thing I said to myself when I saw the picture of Shannon was, she would never go out with me. She probably wishes that that had come true. But needless to say, needless to say, I said, she'd never go out with me. And I had seen her around campus, and she was stunning. I mean, she's gorgeous. My wife is beautiful. And I remember seeing her on campus and thinking, man, she would never go out with me. She would never go out with me. And uh, we were in the same Sunday school class together at Jefferson Street Christian Church. We were in the Sunday school class together. And one day, uh, she walked in to class. And I'll never forget how she looked. Beautiful blonde hair, uh, red dress, stunning red dress. Her favorite color is red. And she had this stunning red dress on. And she was beautiful. And she walks up, and I'm sitting there in a chair, and I look up at her, and I say those words that every woman wants to hear. How tall are you? (laughs) If you are single, and if you are trying to find somebody, may I not recommend the pickup line that I used. It was fortune smiling on me that day, because she looks at me and goes, about six foot. I said, okay. And that was it. That was our first conversation. The first words that ever came out of my mouth to my wife were, how tall are you? So we're getting ready for a Sunday school class retreat. We're going to go to a campground, and we're going to have a retreat a week later. And I get a call from a friend of ours asking me if I'm going to the retreat. Now, here's the deal. I was working midnights at Walmart, like five nights a week, uh, cleaning floors in Lincoln, Illinois. All right, I am just tired all the time, exhausted. Full-time college student, full-time floor cleaner at Walmart. And I had the next weekend off. And so I decided that what I was going to do was I was going to just relax. I was going to catch up on homework and catch up on sleep. I'm not going to the retreat. So this friend of mine calls and says, hey, Sean, are you going to the retreat next weekend? I said, I don't think I'm going to go. I said, why do you ask? He, she, he said, because uh, Shannon and her roommate need a ride to the retreat. I said, you know, I think that I might actually be able to go. I, I can catch up on sleep at the retreat. Sure, right, you know, we'll do that. So, uh, so I'm, here's my going according to plan. All right, I'm going to pick up Shannon and her roommate, and uh, or I'm going to clean out my car, and uh, I'm going to you know, do everything right. You know, I'm going I'm to win me Shannon. So uh, get in the car. And uh, Shannon climbs in the back seat. What are you doing back there? Why are you in the back? And her roommate's sitting in the front seat. It's like, I don't want roommate in front seat. I want Shannon in front seat. I want to talk to her and get to know her and everything. So we go to the retreat. 
And uh, we're, we're there at this retreat all weekend, and I kid you not, I am laying it on thick. I mean, I am like, uh, you know, complimenting her and spending as much time getting as close to her as I can. I'm, I'm uh, writing her poetry. I wrote poems, not poem, poems. I, uh, yeah, I'm a poet, and I didn't even realize. So uh, I, uh, I'm writing her poems. I'm rubbing her feet, giving her foot rubs. You know, I'm just laying it on so thick. Uh, a friend, of, some friends of ours had just had a baby, and I'm holding the baby like, look at me, daddy material, right, huh? That's what all the girls want, right, right? Oh, so pathetic. And uh, so I'm just like landing on so thick. And, and, and just so you know, when we drove back from the retreat to Lincoln, uh, Shannon rode in the front seat. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. So uh, that's how I managed to win my wife. She saw through it all. I mean, she completely saw through it all. And she loves me anyway, which is just wonderful. And, and, and our relationship, we've been married uh, almost 19 years. I mean, 19 years in December. And you look back on your married life, and you're like, how in the world did the time go? I mean, how did this happen? I mean, how in the world did we get to this point? We've been married almost 19 years. We've got an 11-year-old son. I mean, it's, it's crazy how life goes. And, and like every married couple, we have our ups and we have our downs. I'm sure that if you were to say, you know, in my marriage, in my relationships, I've got ups, I've got downs. Um, things go really great for a while, then things kind of struggle for a while. And we wonder why, you know, why are these things happening in our relationship? Why aren't we as close as we used to be? Why don't we have the kind of intimacy that we used to have? Why don't we have the kind of, you know, loving fellowship that we used to have? Why, what has changed? And I think that one of the reasons, one of the things that changes in our relationships is what we're going to talk about today in the vow of pursuit. Uh, because we pursue what we don't have, right? We will pursue what we don't have. So if we are looking for love, we are going to pursue love. If we are looking for that special someone, we're going to pursue that special someone. When we see that special someone, we think, wow, you know, she's really good looking or he's really handsome or, uh, you know, he's got a great personality. She has a wonderful sense of humor. And when we think to ourselves, you know, I'm going to pursue that person. And so we pursue what we don't have. The problem is, is what happens when we get what we want. We stop pursuing. We stop chasing. We stop wooing. We give up on the woo. And we stop wooing that person. We think, I've got her or I've got him. It's all good. We're just going to, you know, everything's fine. I don't need to pursue them anymore because I've already got them. Well, the vow of pursuit says that uh, I am going to pursue my two. Last week, we started this series uh, called The Vow. Uh, this is a series that comes from Life Church in Oklahoma. And uh, it's a great series about four vows that we are going to make uh, in our marriages. And even if you're not married, if you're not married, it's fine. Uh, if you're looking to get married someday, these are, this is great information. This is great information to help you uh, in your marriage or in your future marriage. Or uh, it's great information to share with somebody who is married and maybe having a hard time. Uh, in their marriages, because we all go through hard times in our marriages, and I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that we do not keep pursuing our spouse. We do not keep pursuing our two. So last week we talked about uh, the vow of priority, 
And the vow of priority is that God is my one and my spouse is my two. Uh, we looked at that and we talked about how God has to be our number one priority, married or not, single or married, whatever. God has to be our number one priority. The Bible says in the, in the book of Matthew that uh, we are to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. We need to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, and mind. And so we talked about how God is our one and our spouse is our two. We need to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. And your spouse is your neighbor. So you need to love your spouse as you love yourself. But if you put your spouse ahead of God, that's idolatry. Anything that comes between you and God and making God the first priority in your life is an idol. And idolatry is forbidden. So we don't want to worship anyone or worship anything other than God first and foremost. And then we love our spouse. We make our spouse our second priority. So God is your one and your spouse is your two. To, uh, next Sunday, we're going to talk about the vow of partnership and what it means to be in a partnership and, and to have that kind of a relationship. And then we're going to talk about the vow of purity uh, in two weeks. Uh, and then in the month of November, we're going to talk about taking our church and taking our faith to the next level. Uh, our series for November is called Next Level. And we're going to talk about four areas of our lives and four areas of our church that we want to take to the next level. And then in December, we're going to celebrate Christmas, uh, and uh, it's going to be magical because Christmas is always magical, right? And stressful, but it's magical. It's magical stress. Um, so uh, that's where we're going over the next several weeks. Today, we're talking about the vow of pursuit, uh, and uh, we're going to look at several different passages of Scripture. And the first I want to show you is this one, uh, is Genesis 2.24. It says, that is why a man leaves his father and mother is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. Now, the word united is the word dabak. And this Hebrew word literally means to cling, adhere to, or to catch by pursuit. To cling, or to adhere to, or to catch by pursuit. And there are some areas, other Old Testament passages that talk about this word, that use this word. One of them is in Psalm 63, 8. It says, I follow close behind you, protected by your strong right arm. I follow close behind behind you. That is that word debak. I follow close behind you. Uh, Job 41.17 says they are joined fast to one another. They cling together and cannot be parted. This idea of the marriage relationship that God has uh, created is that we would cling to one another and not be parted. This idea of debak. Um, in Judges 20.45 it talks about the Israelites and how they pursued them relentlessly. That's this word, debak. They pursued them relentlessly. So this idea of debak, this idea of being united to your spouse in body, in soul, in spirit, and in heart, and in mind, this idea of being united to your spouse is this idea of debak. And you pursue them relentlessly. You cling to them. You adhere to them. You chase after them. And this, uh, principle is illustrated in a, in a great story from the book of Genesis, uh, this idea of pursuit. Uh, it's on page 21 of the Bible in the chair in front of you. It's in Genesis 29, verses 14 through 30. It's the story of Jacob and his uncle Laban and Laban's daughters Leah and Rachel. And so we're going to look at this story today and talk about it for just a minute and talk about how Jacob pursued one of Laban's daughters and what he did to pursue her. So if you've got a, a smartphone or tablet, you can turn to Genesis uh, 29, uh, 14 through 30, or uh, you can grab the Bible out of the chair in front of you. It's on page 21. 
And we're going to look at the second half of verse 14 all the way down through verse 30. It says, After Jacob had stayed with him, that's Laban, his uncle, a whole month, Laban said to him, Just because you are a relative of mine, should you work for me for nothing? Tell me what your wages should be. Now Laban had two daughters. The name of the older was Leah, and the name of the younger was Rachel. Leah had weak eyes, but Rachel was lovely in form and beautiful. Jacob was in love with Rachel and said, I'll work for you seven years in return for your younger daughter, Rachel. Seven years he's going to work for Rachel. Laban said, it's better that I give her to you than to some other man. Stay here with me. So Jacob served seven years to get Rachel, but they seemed like only a few days to him because of his love for her. Isn't that like one of the most romantic things you've ever read? He worked for seven years for her, but it seemed like only a few days because he loved her so much. That's love right there. That, that's pursuit. So Laban brought together. Oh, then Jacob said to Laban, verse 21, Jacob said to Laban, give me my wife. My time is completed and I want to lie with her. So Laban brought together all the people of the place and gave a feast. But when evening came, he took his daughter Leah and gave her to Jacob and, then, and Jacob lay with her. And Laban gave his servant girl Zilpah to his daughter as her maidservant. And when the morning came, there was Leah. So Jacob said, Jacob said to Laban, what is this you have done to me? I served you for Rachel, didn't I? Why have you deceived me? Laban replied, it's not our custom here to give the younger daughter in marriage before the older one. Finish this daughter's bridal week, then we will give you the younger one also in return for another seven years of work. And Jacob did so. He finished the week with Leah, and then Laban gave him his daughter Rachel to be his wife. Laban gave his servant girl Bilhah to his daughter Rachel as her maidservant. And Jacob lay with Rachel also, and he loved Rachel more than Leah, which is really sad. And he worked for Laban another seven years. Notice that last sentence. He didn't work seven years and then was given Rachel. He worked for seven years, was given Leah, he was given Rachel, and then worked another seven years. He continued to pursue what he already had. He had Rachel, and yet he continued to work for her. He continued to pursue her even though he already had her. The vow of pursuit is this. I will always pursue my two. I will always pursue my two. Would you say that with me? I will always pursue my two. Last week we talked about how God is your one and your spouse is your two. This week we're talking about how I will always pursue my two. Now, we do this in a few different ways, and we're going to get real practical for the next uh, 10 minutes or so and talk about what it means to actually pursue your two and how we go about doing this. Um, if you are not married, uh, if you're single or you're dating or you're engaged, uh, wherever you are in that continuum, this also applies to you. Uh, it's not just a series on marriage, but it's for uh, everyone. Don't let someone take you for granted. If you are getting ready to be married, if you are newly married, if you are uh, thinking about one day that you'd like to be married, don't let someone take you for granted. Because that's what happens in our relationships much too often, is we start to take the other person for granted, and then we stop pursuing them. We stop wooing them. So if you are in a dating relationship, do not let someone else take you for granted. You are worthy of pursuit. You are worthy to be pursued. And you should be 
pursued and the other person is not willing to pursue you and you're not married yet or if you're just starting to date somebody and they're not willing to pursue you, if they're not willing to treat you what you are worth, be very careful about that relationship. You are worthy of pursuit. Don't settle for someone who is going to take you for granted. Now, if you are married, uh, be, just because your spouse stops pursuing you or doesn't pursue you like they used to, that's not a, a reason to leave them. It's not a reason to get out of the marriage. But no, but there are some things that we can do to stop taking our spouses for granted. There are some things that we can do to stop taking that other person for granted. So what are those things that we can do? There's three of them that we can do. And I want to talk about this. Uh, the first thing we got, what, what we have to do is we have to close the gap between action and intention. You see, we can have the best of intentions. We can have the very best of intentions and say, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And if we don't follow up our intentions with action, then we are just talking to the wind. We can have the best of intentions, but if we don't follow them up with action, then we're not pursuing our two. So we can say, yes, I'm going to pursue my two. But if you don't actually do it, then you're not doing anything. So when we say, I'm going to pursue my two, I have to follow up my intention with action. After all, that's what Jesus did. And Jesus had the best intention when he came to earth. He was going to die for our sins, and he followed up with action. And Jesus went to the cross, and he died for our sins. And if you'll believe in him and repent from him, repent of your sin and confess him as Lord and Savior and get baptized, God will wash away your sins. Jesus had great intentions, and he followed them up with perfect action when he died on the cross for our sins, and God raised him from the dead on the third day. So when it comes to us, we need to be like that and we need to follow up our intention with action. And we do this in three ways. The first thing is this. When you think of something good, say it. When you think of something good, say it. And that's not always easy. We'll think to ourselves, well, you know, she looks really nice today. And then we'll never say it. Or we'll think, man, he's really working hard. But we'll never say it. When you think of something good, say it. We need to close the gap between intentions and action by when we think of something good, we need to say it. So compliment your spouse. Compliment your, um, your wife. Compliment your husband. When you think of something good, say it. After all, we need to be encouragers. In Hebrews chapter 3, verse 13, the author of Hebrews said this, But encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Encourage one another daily. You should be able to find something nice and something good to say to or about your spouse every day. And some of you are thinking, what? <laughs> Wait a minute, no way. I, I, every day I got to say something nice about them or nice to them? Yes, you should. You should. Because there was something about them that made you pursue them however long ago it was. We'll get into that in just a minute. So husbands, when it comes to husbands, pursue your wife, pursue your two with words of affection. Pursue your two with words of affection. Pursue your two with words of affection. So when you are talking to your wife, husband. Does she know that you love her? Have you told her that you love her? And this is the key. When you say, I love you, add the word, because. I love you because. 
Because it's easy to flippantly say, I love you too, or I love you. I love you, love you too. I love you, love you too. How, how, we all do it, right? Just kind of, I love you, love you too. And it's just like Pavlovian response. I love you because. Well, that's a whole other story. I got to think about that. I got to go back in my mind and think, I love her because she's beautiful. I love because she's sweet. I love her because she's lovely. I love her because she loves Jesus. Husbands, use words of affirmation. If you think it, you should say it when it's good. I love you. There's sometimes you've got to keep your mouth shut. Bite your tongue. Because it's not helpful or encouraging. Encourage your spouse. Husbands, love your wives. And tell them that you love them because. So, I love you because. She wants to know, do you love me today? Wives, encourage your husbands uh, with words of affirmation. Pursue your two with words of affirmation. Does he know that you believe in him today? And this is big for guys. Uh, we want to be a hero. I mean, from the time we're little, we want to be a hero. We want to hit the home run to win the World Series for the White Sox. Please let me. Someday. Someday. We want to catch the game-winning touchdown or throw the game-winning touchdown. We want to rescue uh, the damsel in distress from the bad guy. We want to be the hero. Is your husband your hero? Encourage him. Pursue your two with words of affirmation. Because he will become what you say he is. Let me say that one more time. He will become what you say he is. You are so lazy. You're a bum. You are stupid. You are so dumb. You're a workaholic. You never do this and you never do that. He will become what you say he is. Use your words carefully. Does he know that you believe in him today? Second thing, when you think of something special, do it. When you think of something special, do it. So, guys, maybe that's helping out around the house, you know? You've got your chores and she's got hers. Maybe you do her chores for her for a week. Say, what? what? Yeah. Guys, do the laundry. Guys, do the dishes. Scrub the dishes. Take the kids out for a day. And you're like, do you know how many kids I have? Take them out for a day. Give your wife a break. Ladies, plan something special for your husbands. What is something that he really enjoys doing? And go do it with him. Take a weekend away. Take a weekend and go somewhere and just relax with one another. Go somewhere where you both want to go. Or go somewhere where he wants to go. Or go somewhere she wants to go. And take the time. Well, I can't afford it. Oh, really? How many times did you eat out last week? How many times, how many trips to the drive-thru did you take last week? If you were to say, you know what? If we quit going to the drive-thru for a month, we might have the money to go on a trip. I have the money to go, for, go away for a weekend or go out for a dinner date and just the two of us. So when you think of something special, do it. Don't just have intentions, good intentions. Follow them up with actions. Finally, 
When you want something different, be it. When you want something different, be it. Don't settle for being the person that you've become. Don't settle for the relationship to what, to what it has become. If you want something different, be it. If you want something different, be it. I want to be a better husband. Well, it's time to follow up intention with action. I need to be more caring and more tender. I need to listen better. You know, one of the things that I, I recommend to, to couples when, when they're getting ready to be married is a daily meeting. This comes from Rudy Giuliani's book, Leadership. I read this book several years ago, and it was all about what happened in New York City after 9-11. And one of the things that Giuliani did was he had a daily meeting with his staff. For an hour every morning, he gathered all the heads of the departments in his city around a table, and they went around the table because Rudy Giuliani said this, I want to know what's going on in my city. I want to know what's going on in my city. And so for an hour every day, he would listen to the stories of what was going on in his city. Now, when it comes to our marriages, when it comes to our relationships, I recommend a 15-minute daily meeting. 15 minutes. Take this thing, put it in the other room. Turn off the TV, turn off the radio, turn off the computer, and just sit down across from your spouse for 15 minutes. And you may have to set a timer on your phone in the other room. Oh, there it's over. Good. Okay, we're done. But no, in, in all seriousness, take 15 minutes and sit across from each other and ask deep questions. Not just, hey, how you doing? Or how was your day? But what are you concerned about? What is your biggest concern right now? And, and what are you willing to do about it? And how can I help? Those are the three questions I, I recommend spouses ask one another. What are you concerned about? What are you willing to do about it? And how can I help? And if you ask those questions, you will have deep conversations and 15 minutes will fly by because you're actually listening to one another and sharing with one another and encouraging each other. And I had no idea that you felt that way or I had no idea that that was what you were concerned about right now. And just take that 15 minutes a day and just sit down across from one another and, and talk. Have that daily meeting, that communication and end it by saying, I love you because fill in the blank. Encourage each other. Affirm one another. Use those words of affection for one another. Follow up good intentions with positive action. Because to get what we've never had, we must do what we've never done. So if you want a great relationship with your spouse, and you're like, I don't know how to do that. You've got to do things you've never done before. You've got to try new things. Try new strategies. To get what you've never had, you've got to do what you've never done. And the opposite is true as well. To get what you once had, you've got to do what you once did. To get what you once had, you've got to do what you once did. You've got to remember all those reasons why you pursued your two in the first place. You've got to remember all those reasons why you fell in love with your two in the first place. And then fall in love with them all over again. Because the vow of pursuit says, I will pursue my two. So what are you willing to do this week to pursue your two? Follow up good intention with positive action and pursue your two.